you're listening to Beyond Masculinity. I'm editor Trevor Huppy. You're about to hear an essay from this collection, Tar Heels and Trans Fags, written and recorded by the author, Joshua Bastian Cole. Log on to our website at www.beyondmasculinity.com to find more essays like this by other queer male writers, as well as to comment on the one you're about to hear. Thanks for listening, and enjoy the essay. You are a butch woman, you dyke. How dare you co-opt our male-only space? You came up in my search for females, you fag. The first line is from when I attempted to join a tranny fags blog community. There was a tremendous response to my post about being shunned from a trans fags group because I do not identify as a male, but as simply FTM, female to male transgender. I was told by a group of individuals that I deserved to be excluded, and in this crude manner told, I'm not a real trans man, but instead a woman pretending to be one. They agreed with the transfags group that told me I was trying to enter a space in which I didn't belong. The last line came from a confused boy looking for girls online. I list myself as female if it is absolutely necessary to be listed at all, not because I am female-identified necessarily, but because I'm not male-identified. I look like a male with my clothes on, but in one particular way, I'm still more like a female, and I'm all right with that. I've been on testosterone for six years now, or as it's more commonly referred to as T. I pass as male full-time without question or doubt, and yet because I don't self-identify as male, I, by my mere existence, threaten many trans men. My refusal to identify as male scares many trans men I've met so much that they are pushed to going out of their way to take me down. My identity, they feel, somehow undermines their safety. You see, I look just like other physically transitioned, those who have undergone medical transition, trans men. While my experience has been similar to their own, I'm not like the stealth trans men who are not out as trans but living full-time as male and don't disclose the trans identity. If it can be true that I, differently self-identified, can transition the same way, then maybe male-identified, closeted trans men can be like me. But who I am is not a person those in the closet, for any reason, can allow themselves to be. It isn't as if I fuck with gender on so much of a presentation level that they can separate from me. I don't wear dresses or makeup or even glitter. I wear men's clothes, and I wear them the way most men wear them. I don't bind my chest. My breasts are small enough to make that unnecessary. Without much effort, I pass exceedingly well, 100% of the time. The effect of the T is all that society needed for me to be read as male. To many, I'm a big, scary monster. I look like them, but underneath lies the spawn of the devil, someone who reads as male because of hormones, but doesn't identify as a male, and therefore, in the mentality of this group of people and its highly pressure-driven definitions, cannot actually be a trans man. Simply put, and it is very clear to them, trans man 
equals male. What seems to baffle and miff them is the idea that in a broader sense, trans man can include masculinity that is not necessarily male. Okay, now hold on right here. Am I crazy? Or isn't that what FTM transgender is? An FTM can be a man who is not male. Doesn't that make sense? Well, those who believe that I'm not a trans man because I'm not male identified also believe I'm not trans at all, but am actually a butch woman who has arrived to steal away the experience of trans men, invade their trans only space, and co opt their language. To call myself trans irritates them because they feel I've taken a word that I don't rightfully own. Without fail, the accusation is of actually being a butch, which is something I have never been, even when I did identify as a queer woman. On the contrary, I identify as femme, but that would just blow their minds if I even mentioned it. In some people's minds, identifying as femme would just make me even more of a woman, or at least less of a man. Traditionally feminine characteristics, be they performed outwardly or in my case lived in my emotional experience, particularly as a partner or boyfriend, are highly looked down upon by much of the transmasculine community. I've known quite a few who have attempted to remove themselves from anything remotely related to women, even in the most distant way, just in case whatever remained might give them away. I've heard comments that relate to things like, if I were a girl, but I'm not, so what do I know? Or, I don't wear dresses, I'm not a crossdresser. These may be valid points, but they devalue the history of living as a woman and having at least some, if strained, understanding of that social experience. Personally, I'm no use matching eyeliner to stockings, but the fact is, I never was good at that. That doesn't mean I was never a woman. But this is my experience. Some trans men believe that they were always men. I, unlike those who identify that way, was actually a woman for a little while. I was awkward and uncomfortable and preferred to be a man the whole while, but a woman I was. One of the trans men with this mentality of male-identified only transsexualism told the tr genderqueer trans group that I belong to that he would like to educate me because apparently he knows how it all works having written, spoken, performed, filmed, photographed, and oh yeah, lived as trans, obviously does not qualify me as knowledgeable on the subject. He harassed me and humiliated me to the trans men listserv he moderates. That group, of course, all agreed with him. In their world, trans men get top surgery, removal of breasts to create a visibly male chest, and the idea that someone would not bind their chest before surgery, or even not get top surgery at all, is not only unfathomable, but angering as well. Men don't have breasts. Well, this man does. Kind of. Of the many, probably about 100 members of that listserv, I had only one supporter, which unfortunately didn't do much good. These guys don't want to diversify their thought. They still believe in only men and only women, and there is exactly one way to be either. I finally had the opportunity to meet this individual, the listserv moderator, in person about a year after the entire ordeal. When he saw me and saw how well I pass, how presentationally masculine I am, and heard my baritone voice, he apologized to me. I accepted, but only after the fact do I feel that it was because of my outward appearance. I have a feeling he feels the same way he did about my identity, 
but accepts me now as a trans man because he knows I look like one. Or maybe he does get it, but that doesn't mean his group of followers do. There are many who remain who will not accept that a man doesn't have to be a male. Okay, enough bitching. When I was first coming out in 2000, I quickly accumulated a large network of FTM female-to-male transgender friends and became close with many of them. I thought that a whole new world of friends was opening up for me. Everything was suddenly simple, whereas before it had seemed so complex. We were boys, and that was all. Nothing complicated there. Finally, I had found a community that made sense. I could finally be happy and have friends and a community who truly understood me and my experiences. But, like many identity-based communities, my newfound home came with its own set of rules and regulations. These constrictions mostly related to hair, clothes, posture, vocal inflection, and general behavior, particularly in relation to interaction with people whose genders matched their assigned sexes. I was suddenly expected to wear big, baggy pants, preferably cargo, to hide my hips, big square polo shirts to give me a rectangular torso shape and hide my chest, cut my hair short but add just a bit of gel, stand slouched, shoulders curved to further hide my chest, hands in pockets to emphasize the squared off posture and drop the ends of sentences instead of doing what women and gay men do, raise them. When I look at pictures and videos of me and my friends from that time, I'm shocked to discover that we were clones. Literally, we wore the same shirt in different colors, and we all had the exact same haircut. At the time, I found comfort in our similarity. I felt like it was okay to be this way because others were now like me, or perhaps I was like others, and certainly I wanted to remain included. All these things, the clothes, the hair, and the voice, helped me to start passing when before I even started taking tea. I wanted to pass as a man, and I also wanted to take testosterone. But years later, when I was on tea and I was able to pass, I became much more comfortable in my femme identity. I didn't worry about all, doing all those masculine things like speaking in a monotone voice and standing shoulders hunched with my hands in my pockets because nobody questioned my masculinity anymore. Rather than hurting my chances of passing, however, my newfound confidence in gender performance as a femme along with the remarkable physical changes of the T, allowed me to pass as male 100% of the time. The major difference now, though, was that when I dropped the macho routine, most people just thought I was a fag. Before, if my routine ever slipped, I immediately stopped passing and people thought I was a dyke. Initially, I did feel that I had to exaggerate some things to get my point across. However, after the most significant part of the physical transition was over, I was able to relax. Many trans men I know, though, never relax, and they never let themselves take a break from the macho routine. While it may come natural to some, I know that for others it is a conscious choice, a choice often made to survive. To many of these people, my decision to let go and embrace a femme identity is threatening. Unlike hyper-masculine trans men, I can survive as a femme. But because it is scary, it angers many of them. They become disgusted and are publicly rude to me. I'm not exactly a raging queen or anything. I don't prance around tossing glitter out of a basket. I do, however, cry during chick flicks and dramatic musicals. 
my version of femme is not that I'm feminine. I'm quite masculine, really. I'm just a different kind of man. A more sensitive, quieter, and better dressed kind of man than what is expected and accepted by this culture. But I'm very comfortable being out as trans, and I don't hide the fact that I don't bind. This concept can get sticky, though. I'm too out for the stealth trans men, but I'm not out enough for the genderqueers. My comfort level lies somewhere in between. I like passing, but I also like remaining visibly queer. I would like to be read as a trans man most of the time, but there are exceptions, like in bathrooms, gas stations, or on buses, or for that matter, any time when strangers are within earshot. In most places, after all, a visible transsexual is more likely to disgust someone than to get a nod of approval from them. Also, it's not always appropriate to discuss body parts, which is the first thing many non-trans people think of when they hear the word transsexual in the general public. Saying very loudly, I'm a transsexual in the wide open, isn't exactly socially acceptable. It is also potentially dangerous. At the very least, it's asking for odd stares. At the same time, if I were to exclaim this, my body would become immediately cross-examined. Ah yeah, small hands, there's the proof, or I can see your boobs today. Both of these are comments that have actually been made to me, amongst other similar statements. Where they didn't notice before, now there are many obvious, there may be obvious clues and giveaways as if they were little where's Waldos. While I don't mind it being known that I'm trans, in fact I prefer that, it would certainly make me uncomfortable if someone were to, upon learning that I'm female, stare at my chest searching for breasts or looking at my pants for a bulge, which is actually there because I pack with a prosthetic. The biggest confusion for many onlookers is my developed Adam's apple. I have one, and this is, for many, my proof of maleness. It's one thing to be checked out by an admirer, and another thing to be ogled as a freak. Many people don't mind being stared at, the whole subvert the dominant paradigm thing. I consider myself far from the heteronormative culture, but it's a conundrum, really. I don't want to be invisible, but I do want to pass. I guess that there's a line between visibility on the one hand and sticking out like a sore thumb on the other. I just want to be treated with respect and dignity. I want to be treated like a human, an adult, not a child. Responsible, not immature. A person, not a sinner. The sore thumb sticker-outers are often blatantly discriminated against and harassed. While I admire their bravery, I don't have the energy for dealing with constant harassment, especially when I get so much of it from my fellow trans men. This doesn't make me weak, as some quite visibly queer folks I've encountered have scoffed. It's not just trans men, however, that have been hostile to my identity. Even some people I've met in the radical punk community have reacted negatively to my medical transition and inevitable passability. Interestingly, I often get the same response from lesbians, butches in particular. Some have accused me of selling out for white male privilege because I pass 100% of the time and I'm no longer harassed for sticking out. I don't look different anymore. Some people think that it takes sticking out to be a trans activist. Personally, I think I'm pretty damn radical whether or not I pass. I've lived two genders and one in between, and I talk about it freely and honestly. That's pretty radical if you ask me. Curiously, my father and male friends, both gay and straight, have been similarly opposed to transition, but for com the completely opposite reason. 
instead of accusing me of trying to fly under the radar by passing, they believed that I was transitioning because I was seeking out attention. I thought that this was utterly ridiculous. I wasn't sporting gauged body, body jewelry or a three-foot pink mohawk. There really wasn't anything visually spectacular about me. Well, except for my rakish good looks, of course. Besides that, however, I looked pretty normal. I looked like a regular boy. Contrary to what my father believed, I was someone who rather suddenly didn't draw much attention to himself at all. As if my world wasn't small and lonely enough, some of the worst reactions have come from not, not from the transmasculine community at large, but from amidst the growing subculture of gay trans men. I boldly took on the self-identity of transfag for a brief time before I was told I was co-opting gay trans men's space because I don't also identify as a male. I identify as FTM, but apparently this did not appease them. FTM, to many, means the transition from female to male, starting in one place and ending in another. It is not intended as a place to stay, but it is only the transition, the midway. The idea here is that the point of being FTM is to become a male eventually. For me, that is not my goal. I don't want to be a male, and I know I could never be one anyway, because who I am is a trans man, completely. I have the body of a trans man, the mind of a trans person, the experience of a trans person, the sexual interaction of a trans person, and all things trans, not male. I was completely excluded from the space after brutal ver verbal abuse from the moderator of a gay trans group and many of the members. Much of the controversy surrounded the fact that I am exclusive to dating trans men, and I don't date non-trans men. This group of trans men found this offensive because they believed to be considered different than non-trans men, emasculating and devaluing. What they don't understand is that I highly value and prefer the masculinity of trans men mainly because it is chosen and continues to be chosen at each injection day and every day in between. We are men because we consciously want to be all the time, or most of the time, or some of the time. But what it comes down to is this question. Are all men the same, or are trans men different? People disagree. There are differing schools of thought on being trans. To me, these opposing schools are as different from each other as creationism is to Darwinism. Some have argued that being a trans man is exactly like being a male-born man in every way except for the surgery. The idea is that we have always been males born into the wrong body, and after a few snips here and there, we're back to normal. This kind of thinking would have you believe that trans men have the minds of men, the thoughts, feelings, desires, emotions, and therefore the experiences of men. Folks who believe this think there is no difference between male-born men and trans men. We are equal in every way, psychologically, sexually, emotionally, socially, and physiologically. <laughs> the other, and I think more sound school of thought, seeks to respect the masculinities of all those who identify as men male assigned at birth or not, but also recognizes the vast differences in the way boys and girls are socialized from an early age. Experiencing the world as a woman, even if it was only for a matter of years, gives us, us trans men wholly different ex perspectives, not to mention different kinds of bodies. While non-trans men and trans men share secondary male characteristics, there are things that each of us knows that the other will not and perhaps cannot know. 
It's kind of like understanding the misery of menstrual cramps or knowing exactly how awful a kick in the balls feels, for example. Because our bodies as trans men are different, the way we have sex is also very different from non-trans men. We may all have dicks of differing varieties, but some trans men's biological equipment can have limitations in terms of penetration and ejaculation. On the upside, we are much more likely to be multi-orgasmic than a non-trans man. And for those of us who bottom, we've got what some refer to as a bonus hole that has muscular contractions at different areas and not just the one sphincter muscle. Many of us also have smaller hands that than non-trans men, which allows for easier fingering and fisting. But truly, besides all of the physical stuff, there's a kind of bond that I can achieve with my fellow trans men because of our shared experience. They just get it without ever having to explain myself. While I certainly know some really cool, respectful, and validating male-born men, our connection just isn't the same. I feel a comfort with trans men that I do not share with male-born men. Other trans men I know have, of course, completely different experiences. Some feel more trans when they're around other trans men, and that makes them uncomfortable. They prefer male-born men because with them they feel more male, more real. Unlike these guys, though, I feel that way when I'm with other trans men. In the, of a, of, in the presence of a male-born man, I feel constantly aware of my physiological difference from him, making me feel inadequate and insecure. The point is, people see masculinity in different ways, but because I consider the transmasculine experience unique and remove it, if only slightly, from the non-trans experience, I've been harassed by my fellow trans men. I've even been told before that I was transphobic, that I was certainly not trans myself, and that I dangerously fetishized trans men because I prefer to date them over non-trans men. My preference for trans men has been the cause of tremendous offense on more than one occasion. I shouldn't have to really explain why I don't want to date non-trans men. I'm simply not sexually attracted to them when it comes down to it. I've tried. I just don't get hot. I was told by this group that I can't be a trans fag because even though I pass full time and live as a man, I don't identify as male. FTM isn't male enough for this group of transsexuals. Also, because I don't date non-trans men, I'm not really gay. They graciously allowed me to retain the use of the label tranny fag. Apparently, this term includes genderqueers and trans men who date trans men, so I already felt more comfortable affiliating with it. More recently, a similar group of trans men treated me much the same. These guys aren't gay, but are of the same generation and hold the same belief of being born in the wrong body. A concept I completely respect, by the way. I never quite understood the level of anger that came my way when I really never put anything out there except my existence. This time, the argument wasn't about who I date, but how I present my body. I pass full-time as male, without question, but because I don't bind or want top surgery, another uproar ensued. Again, I was accused of not being trans. <laughs> It didn't really occur to this group that I don't need to bind because I'm very small-chested. It didn't really matter, though, because these guys flew into fury before I could mention that part. In their world, one must get top surgery or plan to get top surgery to truly become a real man. To them, a man simply does not have breasts. However, no one asked me how I see my chest. No one cared to listen to me say that I don't consider my chest female at all, and that I've never met any problems with partners or strangers. 
the only people who I've who had problems with my chest were a handful of loud trans men who tried to make me feel ashamed for not binding because they were insecure with their own bodies and projected it to me. What all of these people, groups, and individuals failed to consider was that my identity, my masculinity, my presentation, my transition was all just that, mine. I transitioned for no other reason than because I wanted to and have always wanted to. I wasn't really considering the social ramifications, which are of course important, but the most important thing was my own personal mental health and emotional well-being. Perception by others is a big part of it, but secondary to self-image. After the fact of passing, I was more able to concentrate on my slide through social structures. I observed my position as a white man, perceived as gay and straight in different arenas, carefully, and am fully aware of it in every space I enter. I make conscious decisions about things like how much space I take up, how loud I speak, and how often. Personally, I believe this is how I can be a responsible man, accountable for the privilege handed to me. I try often to turn it away, but many times it's just there, and it is, to be honest, easy. But I remember not having it, and I won't forget. The transmasculine community will continue to have great divides as long as there are those who only accept trans people who transition, or don't, in exactly the same way as their own subculture does or doesn't. As any marginalized group, we all look for comfort, safety, and support, but the majority of my experiences with many transsexuals and genderqueers have been anything but comfortable, safe, or supportive, simply because I don't label myself as male and because I'm not desperately seeking top surgery. Regardless of all my similarities, my differences, which I consider comparably minor, excludes and shuns me. Joshua Bastian Cole read his essay, Tar Heels and Trans Fags. If you like Cole's essay, log on to beyondmasculinity.com, where you can comment on his piece, download a PDF version of it, or find other essays by queer men on gender and politics. Thanks to Andre Cavalcante for composing and recording the music for this and other Beyond Masculinity recordings. And thanks to you for listening. <laughs>